From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 144, recorded live in San Jose, California. Today's show is brought to you by Encapsula Squarespace and MailRoute. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Mr. Jason Snell. Hey, over there. Hey, Jason why, Snell. Why did you say San Jose? Because I nearly said Francisco. Oh, I see. <laughs> Still getting used to that. All right. Yeah, it's, it just seems strangely aggressive. It <laughs> is just uh, San Jose. It's currently 1 p.m. on Monday. We have just finished watching the keynote. You booked it. I was I was at the keynote an hour ago. Yeah, and now I'm here with you. So we are here to talk about what has just gone down at WWDC 2017 keynote. Now, here's an important point. We've made it before. We're going to make it again. We are in the keynote bubble. Yep. Which means there are probably people out there somewhere else who know more than we do about some things that have just been announced because they're the ones who are freeze-framing those slides mm-hmm. that they showed for like half a second and then flipped yep. away. They're the ones who are looking at the tech notes, yep. who are trolling through the product pages on Apple.com. And we haven't done any of that. We watched the keynote and now we're going to talk about it. What this means is it's a great opportunity for us to discuss uh, the finer details, the things you might have missed, in next week's show. Yep, and the weeks following. So yeah, Indeed. we are basically, we know what you know if you watch the video. If you know anything more, we probably don't know it. But the most, I think the most important thing that we need to get to today is uh, the draft. Oh yes, that is the most important thing. I believe we can say now that you are the two-time defending WWDC keynote draft champion. I'm pleased that we didn't even need to, uh, to argue about it this time. Um, I think it is clear. Uh, I scored you at four points. That seems to be the consensus. I scored me at six points yep. with a possible seventh, but I don't think it works enough, um, which is improved 3D touch support. I think we saw some extra things, especially in Control Center, but I don't think it was enough to warrant a point. Yeah, the way I interpreted your statement was that there were going to be new aspects of the feature and not just... That was the way I meant it. Yeah, right. and not just, oh, look, there's new things that you can 3D touch on. I mean, because honestly, so they are, seems like, right to me. The, the things that they showed are things that we already could do in other parts of the OS. Yeah. But the way that it went so jason got photo metadata across all devices ipad drag and drop uh improved dual camera support and uh enhanced siri kit i got split view ipad pro amazon prime macbook pro spinal tap reference yeah uh, debut of the siri speaker or just what you know i think we'll we'll say it's the siri speaker no, that's, but that's, we'll, that's, we'll get to that that totally counts no and you're and you're betting on hardware paid off and, and that they would prominently display Amazon, which I was skeptical about. That totally paid off. And in fact, yeah. right after, I'm going to give, uh, we, we didn't say this like we've done in past ones, but I'm going to give a credit to the Upgradians slash Joe Steele, although Joe wasn't involved, but he's part of the team now. Mm-hmm. He's stuck with us. He's the head of the Upgradians. For the number one thing that everybody mentioned after our show last yep. week, which was the iMac Pro, yep. which was much, much uh, rumored and even hinted at. But we didn't pick it because we forgot about it. We picked it because we thought... It wasn't happening. It wasn't going to happen. There were no rumors about it. Now, of course, the answer is it's not going to ship till the end of the year, and that's why there were no rumors about it. Because there's nothing, right? The people that would be able to leak can't because it's not being made. It's not not in the supply chain, yeah. So it seems like a bit of a concept still at this point. Before we go to the the details of what was announced, um, one other point that's not quite draft-related, but it is sort of draft-related, which is... The state of rumors. Yeah. So I was um, chatting with some people before the keynote. You may have read the, the piece that um, John Gruber wrote last week about Mark Gurman's latest report about mm-hmm. the uh, the what we now know 
as the HomePod. And the larger point here is currently the state of Apple rumors is bad. Yep. That they kept the OS stuff locked up tight. Some things leaked, but mostly it was supply chain stuff. And the supply chain has some issues with what you can tell from the supply chain. And the OS stuff being um, tied up really changes the tenor of the rumors because you don't know what the software is that's running on the hardware. And the reason this is draft-related is only for me to say that if I have one regret about our draft, it's not that I lost. (laughs) (laughs) It's that I felt like we lacked... We were being driven not only by competitiveness, which is fine, but by the being trained by Matt, uh, Apple Rumors hmm. to view what was rumored as the set of things to choose from instead of our sort of dreams. And I think what we saw today in the keynote was the rumors were weak enough that we should have gone with our dreams because I think our dreams might have scored better than tying into the rumors. So I think that's something to keep in mind as we um, look at future Apple events that we may end up being in an environment now where, you know, the iPhone's going to leak because of the huge supply chain involved, but that Apple may have made some internal changes. And I, in line today, I talked to some people who had some interesting speculation about internal changes that Apple has made to ferret out some of these uh, sources of leaked information, and that we may not be able to just sort of look at a list of rumors and pick from them. Yep. We may really need to use, um, like we used to do back in the olden days, of uh, just using our imagination. I think that would actually be better. I think uh, it's I better think, for all. I think a, a, a haunting combination of both because I don't think that either of us would have picked like the MacBook stuff today. No, right? oh yeah, the, those the rumors, rumors that we got were were, were uh, a lot of them were right and they yeah. were important. It's just that they didn't tell the whole story. I agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. So I think that's just something for me and you to bear in mind, right? Like as we do more and more of these, because we will do them forever and ever and ever, uh, that we maybe try and incorporate a little more of what we hope and think, as opposed to just what Mac rumors is telling us. Right, which I think is what at least I know I focused on quite a lot when putting together the the yeah. rumor list to pick from. Yeah, I also have some theories about the our next draft involving like having some categories and forcing us to pick some uh, some wild ideas instead of just kind of go, going for the safe ones. And we'll uh, we'll we'll discuss we'll it for the next for the next event. But I won the draft. Yeah, six to four. I think we can we can we can officially put that up there. Yep. With the only caveat being, if somebody an- analyzes a slide and sees something that was on one of those slides, those slides that they don't read out loud but they show on screen, they know. do they do count. I They're agree, in the keynote. But we didn't see them, and I think that whatever we decide right now, it's binding. Well, like as we said last time, what we say on the show is the binding result. Of the draft. I, I think the binding result is that you win. I think the score is open to possible adjustment later, yeah. but I, I'm going to, even if even if you win 6-6, six, six, you still win. Thank so. you very much. Uh, I I think I won actually pretty early on because the tvOS and the Mac went real quick yes, through they did. these six big announcements is the way that the keynote yeah. was pitched. Like you remember last year, it was we have these four platforms and they went through it that way. Mm-hmm. This year, the overriding theme, the overarching theme was... Six big announcements, which was great because, I mean, we got to one point. It's like, okay, we're up to four, <laughs> and there's no iPad, no Siri speaker. So, come on, five and six yeah. was, uh, was how I was watching the keynote today. TVOS. So, TVOS, 
all there was was just the information about Prime Now and Apple TV. Now, my feeling on this, especially everything that Tim said gave a real sales pitch for Prime. I think what I said last time, I stand by, like, this was contractual. It was part they of the deal. stage time because Tim is talking about how all the great content available, you know, that it's available on all these devices and now on the... Like, it was a real thing that he doesn't normally do for anyone. Yeah. Um, like, didn't do it for Netflix. Didn't Like, for HBO, someone from HBO came out and did yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Whether contractual or not, clearly there was an agreement made yeah. that they would yeah. plug the Amazon stuff in the keynote. Exactly. So, you know, we, that 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 was interesting, I think. I think it was pretty telling. And I'm, I'm pleased to see that it's going to happen. Did they announce when? For Amazon? I don't yeah. remember. I don't it's coming so. to Apple TV. See, I feel like there was nothing for TVOS probably because there's not a new TV box yet. And when there's a new TV box later in the year, there may be some other stuff that they show. Right? So things that we were talking about, like 4K and picture-in-picture picture and stuff like that, yeah. they don't need to show any of They're going to ship a new box in the fall probably, yeah, right? when it will have some stuff in it. We can draft it then. WatchOS 4. So I was expecting, with the way that TVOS went, I thought WatchOS 4 was going to get no time, right? Like, I thought it was going to be a very similar thing. But Kevin Lynch, sporting a new look, uh, came out on stage. Mm-hmm. Oh, real-time follow-up from the chat room. Amazon Prime support uh, this fall, Okay, is the quote. This fall. Probably with the new Apple mm. TV, right? They'd be with the iPhone. Uh, there's a bunch of new watch faces. One of them is a proactive Siri assistant. And I like the idea of this. You know, the Apple Watch kind of showing you what's going on. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, the Pebble interface. Oh, I was going to say the Google Assistant. It reminds me of the Google that Assistant. Too. It's a list of, here's some. Here's what's coming up. But I think it was Pebble 2. Right. When they, they created an interface that was just like this, where it was uh, a historic like scrolling list of things that it think you needed to know were the most important at the top. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to use the proactive series stuff to be like, we know you've got an appointment here. Here's what the weather is and trying to learn about you. So... I like the idea of this. Um, I just feel like personally, like it's not bad, but I've never really gotten a lot out of the proactive Siri assistant stuff. Yeah, I think it needs to be better. The stuff that I've seen, I, I, they, at one point they popped up a uh, your ride to your to your office will be an hour or whatever. It was one of those, yeah. and I thought to myself, oh yeah, those annou- those announcements I get from time to time that I ignore because they're not relevant, yeah. right? So they need to be better. They need to be more yeah. relevant. But if they could do that right, then it's It'd not be bad. Fantastic, if it, right? If it can intuit what you need to see. Because if it works, like I said like it all works properly, like that might be all you ever need to look at on the Apple Watch, right? Like it's all there. You don't need to open any apps anymore because all the stuff you need should be the thing that is on top, right? Like in theory, you know, if the theory plays out. So I'm interested to try it and I'm interested to see how it how it works. Um, but I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on that one, right? Like I think that that could be something Fair. fun. I'm going to try it out. Um, the kaleidoscope face seemed yeah. just like a nightmare. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I my my excitement about new Apple Watch faces is at a low ebb now. Yeah. To be honest, the kaleidoscope face is it's it's another you one can't of those even kind see of the, the hands. It's one of those things. Well, I feel that way about some other faces mm-hmm. too that I don't understand, but they're not for me apparently. And then they they the Disney the beginning of all Pixar characters starting to come to the Apple Watch show yeah. editions. All now Disney have, and Pixar characters yeah. coming to the Apple Watch Toy Story. Yeah. So Buzz and Jesse and with and like Woody. animated scenes when you when you t- lift your hand again. Which Kevin Lynch found very funny. I, I, I thought it was uh, 
great that he said, oh, people love Minnie and Mickey. It's like, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. I hate those watch faces. I don't see why they exist. I'm glad other people like them. I would never consider using them no so they're not for me and you I not, know, they're I, not for us i'm not honestly i don't really know who they're for but i had a mickey mouse watch when i was a kid but i I'm, i don't need it now you're not a kid anymore no you're a big boy thanks, uh, thanks activity Mike. i liked some of the activity stuff uh the personalized activity notifications so learning about your uh, activity data and the way that you work out and giving you tailored notifications based upon your typical activity yeah. i really like right because it's not saying to everyone you should be doing a thousand sit-ups today because that's demoralizing right right <laughs> but for someone like me who sits at home all the time uh you know just telling me that like oh hey you should go and take a 10 minute walk or something right to to get what could be your move goal for the day that kind of stuff right like i like a lot of that i think that that's good i think it's a good idea to tailor these things to meet that person's individual activity not just their goals but the way that they actually move around I think that's good. I liked the notification that said uh, you need to take a, go take a 15-minute walk I to like that. close your ring. I thought that was a, a nice bit of motivation yeah. there. New animations, which look really good, and personal challenges. So if you say go take a walk, they look really good too. And the workout app looked really nice. New animations, refresh UI. Um, you, there was an ability. Now, I'm not, I, I don't think I work out in this way, but I'm sure that people do, like that you can start one workout whilst you're doing another one. Um, like if you yeah. do an interval training and stuff like that, I guess for, that's for really show good. us. Yeah, people look. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's good for people. I like the UI change though because the workout app is really not very good. Like it's just these like small yellow boxes. So I was happy to see some rethinking in the UI there as well. And they showed off something which I'm sure that Apple Park is full of these new exercise machines with exactly. the NFC enabled uh, thing. It's probably, honestly, I think it's why they built the feature because they <laughs> have all these exercise machines that are going into Apple Park with NFC chips. So you can now sync the data between the watch and the gym equipment, which I think is clever. Sure. Oh, and then music. The music stuff is pretty good too. So it, it automatically syncs music to your Apple Watch now. I think that's good. Like, why not? Yeah. The space is there, fill it up. It reminds me of like the iPod Shuffle, mm-hmm. right? Where it would just fill up your most recent music for you. I think that's a good idea. Like, what else is going on this device? Like, there's nothing on here. It has storage space in it. Put some music in it. And they, they say you know, it's a perfect pairing with that and the AirPods. I think, that was, I think that's really good. I think that's a good idea. So that's watchOS and tvOS. I mean, they were really... They, speeded, they sped through those, I think, quite a lot. Just yes. to get them out of the way. Yeah, and I think that's fine. I think I think that's fine. I think it was a good thing to give them some time to talk about something, but not the, to waste the time. The only bit of analysis I have about the Apple Watch announcements is that it struck me watching it that this is the first Watch OS release that seems like it's a measured forward movement of the of the design like where yes. do we go yep. because there was the original release of the hardware and then they did a they did a Watch OS 2 update that was um, that was that was yeah right and then watch os 3 was literally let's just do this again let's take it from scratch let's fix a lot of things it was a rethinking of huge parts mm-hmm. of the os mm-hmm. so this is this to me feels like oh this is a platform now that they're going to iterate on yeah, which and, we haven't seen before they use this timeline style interface in a couple of apps that we saw right like that is the it's not a rethinking of the design. It is a, an evolution of watchOS 3. Yeah. And the, and the timeline thing is really sort of an extension of Siri. Mm-hmm. That they consider that, that, that Siri proactive assistant, yep. whatever you want to call it, is 
um, which is the thing that reminded me of uh, the Google Assistant. Yeah. All right, Jason, let's take a break and then we can talk about the Mac. Sounds great. Sounds great. Today's show is brought to you by Encapsula, the multifunction content delivery network that boosts the performance of your website, protects it from denial of service attacks, and secures it from bad guys whilst also ensuring high availability. Websites of all sizes can be attacked, and this happens every day. Criminals use giant botnets to scrape website content. They try to break into databases and even bring sites down with denial of service attacks. But Encapsula's network holds 3 terabits per second of on-demand scrubbing capacity. They can process 30 billion attacks per second, and this is why Encapsula's network has successfully defended some of the largest website attacks on record. If you're attacked, Encapsula's powerful CDN ensures your content is delivered to your customers fast. With Encapsula, people coming to your website would never even know that something bad was happening. As a listener of this show, you can get one whole month of service for free. You just need to go to encapsulas.com slash upgrade. That's I-N-C-A-P-S-U-L-A dot com slash upgrade. This is where you can find out more about Encapsula's service and claim your free month. Thank you so much to Encapsula for their support of this show and Relay FM. Mac OS Hi Sierra. <laughs> Hi Sierra. I, I literally thought that that was a joke. Hey Sierra, how you doing? Yeah. That's all I think of every time. It just sounds so strange to me as a name. It's the High Sierra. Well, obviously, the, it's named in parallel with Mountain Lion and uh, Snow Leopard, Snow Leopard and, as uh, a sort of don't get too excited kind of thing. Yeah, they started as like... Yosemite, El Capitan. Yeah, it was like this, this was Sierra, really great. Sierra, Sierra. is really great. We're just going to keep doing that. Um, there wasn't really... I mean, okay, so a few things of note, I think. Safari autoplay video blocking was good. Um, they then Yeah, I'm waiting for the think pieces from publishers about why is Apple so hostile to our autoplay videos and yeah. our tra- intelligent uh, tracking of people and serving tracker ads everywhere on the web. Why is Apple so mean to us? Why are they trying to destroy us? Those will, those those are already being written. Oh, yeah, they, they were written before the keynote was done. Um, but, you know, could we, either of us deny that some of the most annoying stuff... I've actually noticed this recently on my iPad, that there are sites now that yeah. are aggressively autoplaying video, and when you pause them... As soon as you start scrolling the page, the video starts to play again. Yeah. It's so evil. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be happy to see a lot of that stuff go yeah. away. I mean, again, like I have no problem with advertising, but autoplay videos, it's just like we're not in the context of expecting audio to start blurring out of the machine. Um, yeah. Photos, there's stuff for photos. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't just affect the Mac, but they brought it up here first. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important, and I obviously I care about photos, having written about it so much that. They there's a there there's so many features that they put up on a slide that mm-hmm. but they did add a bunch of um, filtering in view the improve the faces stuff they used the phrase to describe how faces are detected I wrote it down it's an advanced convolutional neural network of like. course I knew that uh, but they synchronize that data across all the devices because Which is you, exactly you, what we yeah, want. exactly you train them Fantastic. and then you go to another device and yep. it doesn't know who those people are. So that's great. A bunch of new editing stuff, curves, selective color, some other things like that for people who complain that they want more editing tools. There's also a, um, a round tripping with external editors, which is something that was in, I believe, both iPhoto and Aperture, but never was in photos before. This round tripping where you edit it in an external hmm. tool and it syncs back to the photo library. So that's really big. And in a year when Google announced that they were adding printed books to Google Photos. Apple announced that they're opening up the um, the printing of, of uh, photo books and things from photos to a bunch of third-party 
products, a bunch of third-party photo printers, including Shutterfly, which I, I've been using to print um, photo uh, posters and books for a while yeah. now. I, I found it weird that Google started doing it themselves as well. Like, I felt like this was something that we don't, I don't know how people using this so much anymore. Like, it felt like a thing of a, maybe a bygone era, but obviously I'm know. wrong. People uh, want Obviously, it. this is a big, maybe it's more in the keepsakes and all of that, because my family stopped doing those I'm, things. Maybe but. I'm just not in that stage of my life. I think when, when people have kids, they become more attached to having these sorts of things. So maybe I'm just not there yet. Um, APFS is going to be the new default. So I assume we're going to get the APF switch over APFS switch over the same way as we did with the iPhone. Yeah, it's unclear to me. There's a lot of detail to come. Um, for this. this is one of those things that will probably be discussed in the subsequent sessions at WWDC, and that'll all filter out, and we'll understand it better. But the idea that as a, as a new default, I would imagine that new systems will ship with it once High Sierra ships, and that High Sierra, th- and then at that default. <laughs> Um, when you when you format a drive, it'll be well. You want to use APFS, but I I don't read into that necessarily that it's going to um, automatically convert your yeah. boot drive in yeah. place. Mm-hmm. That may be an option. It may let you choose to do that. Uh, but more to be more to be heard about. Again, this is one of those keynote bubble things. The thing that I am most excited about, the thing I found the most impressive and most surprising. Actually, maybe in the entire keynote, is Apple embracing VR? So we talked about this, I think, on a few previous shows and the possibility that Apple would, especially with AR, which we can talk about. Like AR, I had a good feeling about for this. Because Tim talks about it whenever he can. And you have an iPhone with a camera and an iPad Mm -hmm. with a camera. So you can build that stuff onto those devices now. we've seen it. And deal with AR hardware later. We've played all play Pokemon Go, right? Exactly. But the embrace of VR, I was surprised by. And I I kept thinking about people I've talked to who who do VR development. And we know some of them. We know more than one person who's talked to us about this. And about the utter unsuitability of the Mac as a VR development environment. There's that great quote from Paul Malucky. I don't remember exactly right when, when he was the head of Oculus that just like, it's never going to come to the Mac until they make some serious changes. Until Yeah, until they're serious about this. And we, you know, we've heard it. You've, uh, you know, I think you and I have both heard it from Shahid about yep. having to use a PC. And Brianna Wu has talked about how the, the, the Mac hardware just hasn't been good enough. And this was the message here to a development audience is um, Apple is now at least paying lip service to VR. They showed some impressive stuff. I'll wait for the pros to say sort of what's the current state of affairs in their mind and whether this solves all the issues or not. But certainly Apple's making a public commitment to VR development as well as AR. I I was blown away by it. Like, I'm so excited about that. Um, I don't want to buy a PC. and But I do want to get a, a, a really good VR headset like within at some point within the next year. I am skeptical that the Mac will ever be a VR environment for playing VR. What do you mean? I'm skeptical. I, I, I would be, I mean, yeah, if Oculus, if the, if these systems are powerful enough that you can attach an Oculus Rift to them, then great. Well, but the, the, the but demo, I feel like the point is more, the, is, the point is more development. This was a development message. The ILM demo was a deve- developer. We're going to place these things in the scene and then play them back. And in the long run, I just feel like even if you could in the short term, that it's going to be um, mobile devices that drive VR in the, in, I don't know. In, like, in the future. Well, I mean, they were doing the demo with uh, Vive, a HTC Vive. Yeah. Like, that's a serious... 
a serious yeah, equipment. Yeah, but it was a development demo. Are they are they really? And if if the Mac can play VR games, well, they, is it really going to be anything? Steam is bringing the VR kit to the Mac. Yeah. Okay. Like so, that's it. All right. That's it. That's where the VR games are. All on right. Steam. So if Steam are bringing their like like when Steam came to the Mac the first time, right? If they bring the VR stuff to the Mac, that's it's done. Well, and then well, and then they they have to bring those games. Yeah. I, Count me as a skeptic about games on the Mac. Okay. I think people often in cycles get excited about gaming using the Mac, and they are they have generally been disappointed at oh, every I, turn. I am a disappointed so, Mac gamer, which is why I'm I was excited. I'm going to focus about the fact that they are making a development case here that p- developers can um, build their stuff on and a Mac can, and not go to a PC. You can get some sort of box from them if you're a developer, right? Like there was this... It's an external uh, GPU. Right. Uh, developer and kit, that's what basically. You, basically you have to use that for any of their current hardware right if you want to play but like it looks like stuff like the future maybe the iMac Pro the next Mac Pro that will be powerful enough I'm unclear I think that that's related to the fact that just with Thunderbolt 3 you can outboard excuse me you can outboard your GPUs and so this is the this is the test of that I'm unclear how that's going to work in in reality there was a bunch of updates to the iMac line uh which is unexpected right now. Yeah, well, we certainly didn't expect it. Like, I mean, I, I think uh, most of the people that were contacting us were, were assuming the iMac Pro, right, which we got. Yeah. But I, I, the, just these updates to the iMac line is great, but this like, it was unexpected. This is the stuff unexpected. we kind of thought would happen last fall or this yeah. spring, and instead they happened at WWDC. Because it just felt like it was not needed. I mean, okay, so like the way that, the way that Tim kind of started this segment off it was lip service. It was the lip service we were talking about. You know, he was saying the Mac is at the heart of our company, the core of our company. It's so important to us. So then they spent some time just showing off a bunch of our hardware revisions as a way to prove a point, I think. Because, like, you know, the, the iMac stuff, I don't know. It's like, well, these it's new specs. These Great. are... These are the products. Timing is a little bit weird, but these are the products that we've expected the iMac and the notebooks, that this is the next... The iMac, this is the let's step into USB-C Thunderbolt 3. And they've got the KB Lake processors in them. They've got two USB-C and four standard USB. So they got all the ports on the mm-hmm. back. Yeah, and the USB-C are Thunderbolt 3. Enabled. Yes. Um, they've got higher memory capacity, better graphics cards, better displays. Yeah, it's a it's the it's, it's a full a whole, on update, yeah, full on line. update including the ports going to USB C in addition to USB standard, and um, I don't think and and of... improved uh, improved display again. They improved the display in the second round. That it's uh-huh. it's again improved from that yeah. in terms of um, one billion color support through ten bit dithering, and it's brighter. So they they mentioned like for the twenty seven it starts with a fusion drive. Like the the lowest twenty seven, but I think the twenty one still has a spinner. Well, the the low end twenty one, which is not Retina, still has a spinner. Okay. But I, it sounds to me like the if you buy a Retina iMac, you get a fusion you drive a as fusion the base, drive, right? Which you know, it's progress. I still <laughs> I still don't love that there are spinning drives in these things, but I understand the cost considerations. But getting 
the um, basic configuration to just be a spinning drive with no SSD at all. Getting that out for the Retina iMacs is the right thing to do. And that low-end iMac, I mean, that's like a school iMac, basically. That is yeah. the, they want to, it doesn't have Retina. Yep. They, they are pricing it to get it to be as cheap as they possibly can. And uh, and the price cut, too, that the 4K iMac now starts $100 cheaper at twelve ninety nine. Yeah, it's great. That's, yeah, it's all good. Uh, laptops, exactly what we thought, right? Uh, new processors across the line. Uh, faster SSDs and the MacBook um, graphics update on the MacBook Pro and even the little MacBook Air got a processor update. As yeah, well. although they just said increase in megahertz, so it sounds yeah. like maybe it's an older uh, processor, but they're 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 using Which the is faster probably one. Just that, like the ones that they were using maybe aren't being made aren't anymore. Exactly right. <laughs> so if they want to keep selling that product, they have to. But do But they something. mentioned that on stage, which I would not have bet on. They didn't need to do that, did they? Really? It's like, and even the MacBook Air has an increase like in megahertz. You just put it on the store. I don't know if that was necessary. Also notable here, I would say, is that the MacBook Escape, the touch barless 13 inch, is now 1299, the same price as the MacBook, which really I think hammers the point home that. There are two replacements for the MacBook Air that are Retina, and they serve different purposes. And you can get your one that's that's less powerful yep. but ultra light, or you can get the one that's heavier and thicker but is more powerful. Yep. iMac Pro, man. Wow! Oh. Wow! I took some pictures of yeah, it you in the hands-on it? area afterward. You know, yeah, they had one in the corner lit weirdly, like it was from space. Uh, all, but, all space gray, including the peripherals. Yeah, there's a lot of vents on the back. Let me tell you that. Oh, yeah. A lot I of bet. vents under the uh, under the little hinge on the back, and a lot of ports. It's uh, yeah, most it, powerful Mac ever made. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I mean, you could already argue that the fi- existing iMacs are more powerful in many ways, mm-hmm. but the, this is in more powerful in every way than the Mac Pro. Raw power and. And price, I mean, this is priced like a Mac Pro. It is no wonder that the rumor is that these products were, um, that the iMac Pro was designed for a world without a Mac Pro. That the initial conception was they were going to kill the Mac Pro entirely. And this was the replacement. And then they they shifted gears there. But this feels like that product because, you know, it starts at $5,000. It starts at $5,000 and goes up from there all the way up to the 18 core. I do think it'll be interesting to see what the differentiator is. If we look at a year, what's the differentiator between the iMac Pro and the Mac Pro? I mean, just looking at the, the what you can put in this machine, you know, that you can get it up to 128 gigabytes of RAM, a 4 terabyte SSD, and an 18 core Xeon processor. Why are they making the Mac Pro? Like, isn't this all you would need? Well, that, that would have been the argument of the people behind the iMac Pro. Like, is we don't is need to make a Mac everything. Pro anything. Like it's very peculiar. To and me. I think the argu- the argument is that they the alternative to this. Let me put it this way: if this product exists, it it defines in a strange way, sort of negatively defines what the Mac Pro needs to be, because what the Mac Pro needs to be when it comes out in 2018 is what the iMac Pro is not. Right. What is it not? And, and and that's a different thing than if there was no iMac Pro, then the Mac Pro needs to be all these different things. But now it doesn't need to be all the things the iMac Pro is. It needs to be expandable 
right? It yeah. needs to be, I mean, again, it's headless. You can buy an external monitor or a bunch of monitors. There, Some people care about that. But the expandability thing, I think, has to be a huge part. Expandable, swappable parts, all sorts of custom configurations. It has to be that, right? Because otherwise, why bother? That's it, exactly. Why Why even have a Mac Pro if you've got a Mac Pro that comes with a, with a 5K retina yeah. display like the iMac Pro? And the answer has to be because it's providing something that other than yeah. that it's not because a screen. They could have got everyone in that room a month, two months ago, and just said, we're, we're not doing it anymore, but hey, let me tell you about this iMac that we're working on. And everyone will go, yeah, okay. Right, like yeah. some people are going to be unhappy still, but it's like you would see that and be like, yeah, that sounds like a really good machine. So I would say, yeah, I would say expandability, configurability. These these are the stories. The, the And there are going to be people who always say, I don't want to buy a screen. I want to yep. bring my own sure. screen. I, I I, I, we, that's an argument that's been going on since the iMac first was released. I mean, that, if you don't want it, just put it under the desk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But anyway, so it it's interesting to think of the new Mac Pro in that way. That like it now, I feel like has to be defined by what yeah. w- how it's different than it this has, iMac the Pro. The iMac Pro, this this the iMac Pro we always knew was coming, right? But it was un- unclear. But the iMac Pro that they have defined today raises more interesting questions about what the Mac Pro is, right? Like, as yeah. you say, like... If all it is is this... Then why... Without why? a screen, is that enough of a justification? There'll be somebody out there who's like, yes, I don't want a computer with a screen. I'll bring my own screen. I want to put it on, on, on under the desk or something. That's fine. I'm not sure there are enough of those people yeah. to justify that. Yeah. There's got to be more. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be more to the argument. And uh, that will be interesting to see because this is a, an iMac that is a Mac Pro. And it, it seems like not even a little bit. This was really exciting. Like, even for me, you know, like, I mean, I still care. I do care about the Mac, but it's not my big, it's not my number one platform. But like that, that iMac is a, is a very exciting machine. You know, like we do, both of us, we do some things that are intensive on the processes and having more cores is better, right? For some of the stuff that we do. Now, I don't think even me or you are going to be buying this machine if ever, anytime soon or at all. But I am I'm pleased to see it. I think this is good. I think this is really good. You know, the, potentially like the the Mac Pro could be something that fills more price points, right? So it could. Well in fact I was I was talking to some people about how the iMac Pro, you know, it packs a lot in, but sometimes you look at it and you think, yeah, but I don't need all those things. I and only it's need five a little grand. bit. Right? So if the Mac if the Mac Pro is ultimately configurable and bring your think about the Mac Mini. And I'm not saying the Mac Pro is going to be the Mac Mini, but think about the Mac Mini which was bring your own display, keyboard mm-hmm. and mouse, right? The Mac Pro could be more things to more people. And I know that seems counterintuitive. The Mac Pro might start a lot cheaper than the iMac Pro. But you might only but, get half of it. But I think that's it, right? Is that it it may it may start cheaper and go up to way more expensive because it will be supremely configurable. So if you want a lot of cores but don't care about GPU, you could configure it that way. And if you do want a lot of GPU and don't care so much about, about CPU cores, you could configure it that way. It's possible that that will be a pr- an approach they take. It's the... Um, this, you know, basically, our other offerings don't do it for you. Well, configure this thing yeah. and stick a monitor on it. 
Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Use the offer code UPGRADE at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. You can make your next move with Squarespace. With a unique domain, award-winning templates, 24-7 customer support, and so much more, they let you create the website for your next idea. Maybe you have been given a fire on your belly today to go out there and create a blog of your own to talk about all of this incredible Apple news. Well, you can do that with Squarespace. Maybe you want to create some beautiful posters to talk about how excited you are about the iMac Pro. Well, you can make those and sell them on Squarespace because they have an online store. They are the only one platform that lets you do anything you want. Maybe you want your band, your restaurant. Maybe you've got a podcast you want to begin. Squarespace gives you the tools that you need to get this stuff done. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. Squarespace have got you covered. The templates are beautiful. They look great on all sizes of the device, from iPhone to iPad to the Mac. Like, they look great on all sizes of the web browser. You cannot go wrong with one of Squarespace's beautiful templates. You can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com, and their plans start at just $12 a month. Then when you sign up for a plan, once your trial is, once you're finished with the trial, you can go in and play with it for as long as you like. You can try all the features, and then when you're like, this is the website I want, and you want to set it out to the world, you can use the offer code UPGRADE at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase, and you'll also help support this show. Um, thank you if you've signed up for Squarespace, and if you're going to, I thank you also. And we'd like to also thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. iOS iOS is broken down into two really big categories with many features. Yeah. iPhone and iPad, and then iPad on its own, right? Because like with iOS 10, everything we see in the iPhone, the iPad will benefit from. But what we didn't get with iOS 10 was what we got in iOS 9, which is any specific iPad features. Now, I will say, spoiler alert, they blew my mind today. Yes, and I they am did. so freaking excited to talk about it. But we have to talk about the iPhone first because we must observe the order of the keynote. We must. So, messages, redesigned, app drawer, making it easier to get to stickers brilliant like that looked that, great to me that's it one of those so things nicer. that's the did they would they follow up the major feature that they announced last year with some fixes to make it and yeah they did and they did messages in the iCloud uh, this is something that I always forget I think it exists it doesn't exist which is hilarious yeah that your devices are out of sync when it comes to messages which is infuriating yep also old messages full of uh, photos and videos stick around and load down your phone. So with messages syncing in iCloud, basically your message histories will be stored in iCloud, which means that they're purgeable, which means that older older ones can be uh, removed on the device and they'll still be there if you need them in the cloud. I have like eight gigabytes of messages on my phone. Yeah, and your devices will sync so that the the conversations will stay in sync across. It's something that should have... It's one of those things that should have been there a long time ago probably, but it's good to see it. Apple have nailed something with iCloud because... They're, they're just pouring things into iCloud now, they were, aren't like, they? With the photo stuff, right? They found a way to sync that data. Yep. They found a way to get the messages off your devices because it's all about the security encryption with them, right? Once they can get that right, they can move it away. Something under the hood has changed for them. They've developed something um, that is allowing them to store this stuff safely and securely in iCloud. And I think we're seeing some fruits of that, and I think it's fantastic. Apple Pay peer-to-peer. That recode report from a few weeks ago completely nailed it and i did not expect i mean we spoke at the time we both believed that this would happen um and it 
I believe, happened quicker than I expected. I thought this would just be a September thing. Talk about it when the new phone right. comes out. No. Like, you know, but they, they're talking about and it it's now. It's just a messages app. Then you Great. just send, you send people Apple Pay money. And then you have the little virtual card, which we were talking about, which stays mm-hmm. in the wallet. You can use it to pay or you can use it to transfer to your bank account. It's going to be fantastic. This is great. And also, what a great use of a messages app. Right. More people I, are going to learn I about messages like it, apps now. It's a little bit of a proof of concept, isn't it? Siri, new voices, sounded good. I like yeah. the way that they sounded. Like, you know what I'd be like? Sunny. Yeah. Sunny and Sunny. I, I like that. I am surprised. I thought this would be a, a keynote about siri it was and it not. was not which i thought that they the were starting takes, it here yeah, right the hot takes will come about apple's confidence in siri but i thought this was an opportunity for apple to tell a, a big story about how siri is great and and now it's everywhere and they did not tell that story, which suggests to me that maybe there's there is a little bit of a lack of yeah. confidence in making Siri the central par- part of a product, and the and the recognition that there needs to be more um, more work done there, more progress made. So what we got was new voices, which are great. I liked how they discussed there's a male and female voice. But there are a lot of Americans who don't even know that that Siri is not always. A female a voice. Siri's a man to me because that's the default. Because he's got the top hat. Of course. And he's governor. your butler. Um, but we get, you know, they've got a new visual interface for Siri. They've got a translation. Translation's awesome. Right? It's yeah. like English into like five languages right now, but it's expanding. But the idea that you could just say like, what's the way to the train station? And then it would be able, you'd be able to hold the phone to someone and it will speak it to them. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, exactly I really right. like that. I'm excited about that. And they added more stuff to SiriKit, but which not, is good. But not a lot. Now, I didn't, I don't know, I only got caught a couple because this that was, was so this was, fast. They were like flicking through these slides so quickly. But like I saw stuff like tasks, notes, and QR codes. There's stuff, but um, it wasn't quite as, as much as I had as I had kind of hoped. And no, I, I didn't think see anything about, about, yeah, audio, about podcasting and music play and, and stuff like that, which is a real shame if, uh, if those haven't been added. Talking about podcasts, one of the slides uh, redesigned podcast app yes. for iPhone. Whatever that means. Camera. You called this, and I said at the time I did not think that they would update the camera for, at WWDC in software. That's I right. Later it will come with the next iPhone. I had to get something right. Jason, hashtag Jason was right. Um, better compression of videos and images. They're using H.265 now on yeah. this new image format. Half the size of previous. Good stuff. Yeah, I think it's funny that now, and we'll see how they, they had to reassure people, your sharing will be fine, but yeah, that, we'll they, that they're actually storing internally their, their, the, the lossy still image format they're using is uh, based on the same you know, HEVC kind of mm-hmm. thing for stills. And that's the like native version. And it's smaller than a JPEG. But uh, in the end, you know, nobody's using that in their apps. So if you want to share out something, it'll convert it to a JPEG with the, whatever size it needs to be for that. So it'll be, well, there's some potential for some interesting and you know, wrinkles and confusion and weirdness there that we'll have to watch. Um, but then, and they did, this is one of my point totals, right? Is the, um, expanded support for dual yeah. camera photos and, and doing API. H- HD, HDR stuff yeah. and a depth API. Yeah, absolutely. Thing that right. I was so happy about, cause I keep, I feel like I talk to people about this in person, but never talk about it on shows 
which is my love of live photos and how I think it's one of the best features Apple has introduced to iOS in the last few years. I love live photos. They're fantastic. They add so much to some images. Right, like you can take it, you can have an image which might not be a great image, but the live photo has this fantastic, really funny animation in it. And they made a, they look like the live photos that they were showing, like a much higher quality capture, which I guess by doing this new compression, they can capture more high quality video when they're taking the photos. I really like that you can choose the key image now from the from the video because you don't always get the moment that you remember. Your your high quality still isn't always the right exact moment. And then using a bunch of really cool machine learning stuff, uh, they got some looping and all this type of stuff, fun effects that you can do. They did that long exposure thing, right, where like they caught the water that was moving as if it's a long camera exposure, so it has that weird, interesting effect to it, which I can't explain, but camera people can. Uh, but it looks really cool, and I'm happy to see them doing more stuff there because I really love live photos, and I'm happy that it hasn't become a forgotten feature, like that there is more and more added to it in this version of iOS. And then Control Center. So this was like step one that we didn't see, right? Like why does Control Center look the way it does? Well, it looks that way because of the iPad, ultimately, and what they're doing. But there, I think. I but Control Center's one pane now. And it's got a bunch of switches. It looks nicer. Not customizable. I think Control Center, one of Control Center's problems was the idea that that it had grown to be three pages in that size. Was, right? yeah, it's crazy. And now it's all one and it looks nicer and you can use 3D touch on them to expand yeah. them to the bigger sizes. But it has like quick actions yeah. right there. I think that looks really great and I'm excited about that. Something I do not understand at all, Jason, is that the lock screen and notification center are the same thing now. I don't know what that means. The demo didn't help me. I, I don't get I it. I guess we'll have to see it. Yeah. My, my, what I would say is I am frequently frustrated that I get a notification. I pick up my phone to see what it is. It, reach, it, it Touch ID uh, reads my thumbprint, um, and I'm whisked away to the home screen, and I can't get back to that notification. And I swipe down Notification Center and hope that it's the top one there. And I, I wonder if that's what's going on here, is okay. the idea that that is a, that is a permanent feature, that the, cl- the time and your latest notifications stay there, and then you can go back and view other ones. But we'll have to see how it, how it works in practice. From the chat room, uh, Control Center is customizable. So this is something from the iOS 11 page iOS 11 lets you customize the redesigned control center so you can change the settings for the things you do most. Want to be ready when inspiration hits? Add a voice memos control. Want to dim the lights in the dining room with a tap? Add home controls. Or use 3D Touch and Control Center to unlock even more commands. Great. Nice. It's customizable. Uh, do not disturb when driving was cool. Yeah, that's that's a feature that that um, that is a long time coming and need to be there. I think it's good. I think it's actually also good because it... Let's the phone explicitly know that it's in a no visuals mode, um, and there are ways to override and stuff like that. But what I like about that is that I wonder if that potentially means that that's an extra cue for Siri to be more verbose, Possibly. which it yeah, should yeah, be, yeah. right? And say, "I'm not going to, I'm going to speak to you now, and I'm not going to even try to throw things up on the screen." My favorite part about it is the fact that you, as the driver, are unable to break let things break through you put it in the hands of the person communicating with you yeah 
I think that's a really smart way of doing it. Like it's the the inverse of the way that Do Not Disturb right works right now. Like if they would have just said, "I'll have it light up every time my wife texts me," well, that's not going to be any good, right? But the fact that you, if you sent something to me while I was driving, the phone, my phone, kind of sends you a message back. It's like, "Hey, I'm driving. If this is urgent, reply with urgent, and we'll ping the phone." Reminds me of Slack. Mm-hmm. Slacks do not disturb. I feel like maybe there was some inspiration taken there because that was something I hadn't seen before, right? The idea of like this person has do not disturb set, but you can break it if you send the message again. Like uh, I like that. And so I'm, I'm pleased to see that there. And I like the idea of when the driving idea of, of putting it in the other person's hands, I think makes a lot more sense than having to confuse the driver or complicate the driver when they're attempting to drive the car, right? The app store, Jason. Now we have Apple, the Apple Musification. Yes, the App Store has Apple Music. It, it, it's it's a new look. We'll have to see how it works. I think developers are really curious to see how it works. The one thing I walked away from that demo thinking about was, it looks to me like Apple's App Store editors, who traditionally never really get seen, they pick featured apps and might write a very short blurb. Yeah, um, they showed off some like feature stories about apps. Yep. that I think are written by App Store content It is people. my understanding that Apple has been aggressively hiring for App Store editorial teams recently. Yeah. And this would be why. Yeah. And they were talking about showing, they like a dev, they, in the, uh, the tab, the homepage tab, showing, well, they have Monument Valley 2. Yeah. Surprise. Hello. That, that's available today, by the way. Just go to the App Store and search Monument Valley 2. It's $5. I have it. I cannot wait to play it. That is going to be my right. airplane. I'm keeping it for the plane home. But they have a whole feature story, and they talk to the guy yep. from Monument Valley and all that, right? And and so that's interesting. When I've talked to people about Apple's editorial things, yep. it was very much like, you know, you're picking apps. That's what you're doing. And that is this is one of those Phil Schiller things, I think, yeah. which is why can't we... Um, ha- hire some good writers and write little pieces about these great apps to feature them and make people excited about yep. them. So they they did, apparently. And Apple's acknowledged that there are two types of software available. Games on and apps. Yes. <laughs> and they have split it out. There's dedicated tabs, dedicated charts. I think this is a really good thing for independent app development. Yeah, it's I do. great for everybody who is not a game developer. I think this is good. I think this is really good. I, I and also the pages are richer, more videos and stuff like that. It looks really great. Yeah. Machine learning, there's core ML, core machine learning. Okay. Sprinkle it and everything. Yep. I haven't really got anything to say about that, but it exists. AR kit looked awesome. The yeah, demos they were demos. showing. Wow. That demo from the Wingnut people, when yeah. the, the little guy jumps off the table at the end. Yeah. I think it's going to be really fun for games, Jason. I'm really excited about this for games. I think... I think for the phone, like this makes more sense than VR because phone yeah. VR is not that good. Well, and as as someone who's played Pokemon Go, um, their little quick demo of like, here's what Pokemon Go looks like with their AR kit, yeah, and the ball like skitters past and kind of like rolls up into the grass awesome. and all that. It's like there's a lot of potential here for everybody to be able to take advantage of that. And, and you know what and, and I really liked that Apple were like, here are the tools. They had nothing to show. I thought that was awesome. There wasn't like a, here's what we can do in maps, right? Which is the obvious one. They're just like, look, this is some stuff we built. Here's a couple of people who came in that built some stuff. Here's the tools. Go and make something awesome. I'm really excited to see what happens come September 
for when this when this phone because when this comes out to see what kinds of AR games are existing. I think this could be really 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 fun, and I'm very excited about this. All right, we should talk about the iPad. We should, but, but before, before we, we do, do that. Oh, look at that. We're in the same room. We both uh, know can what. Can I just say before we do it, I'm here. so yeah. excited about this, Jason Snow. The iPad? Yeah. And not just that I'm about to tell you about mail route really and we can say mail bagging, bagging in person. Okay. But I'm really excited about the iPad. All right. Well, this you're going to have to wait because this episode of Upgrade is brought to you by MailRoute, a secure hosted email filtering service. You can have it up and running in just minutes. MailRoute gets rid of spam and viruses so you don't have to. MailRoute's spam and virus protection is also helping to tackle ransomware for Office 365 and Google Apps customers. That's a big deal now. It's becoming a big problem. It can take files and encrypt them, and then you have to pay money to get them back. MailRoute will protect you against this, along with phishing, spoofing, harvest attacks, other scary-sounding things. Office attack sounds horrible. I know. Well, what they do is they steal your grain out of your field. No, through my email? That's Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Your cows may be gone, too. No, I don't like the sound of you this. You can trust whatever new stuff comes along will be taken care of by the email professionals at MailRoute. You don't have to install any hardware or software yourself to take advantage of MailRoute's protection. Just a couple of clicks, and you're done. And there's access to an intuitive dashboard and even API tools, so you're set no matter what you do. Mailbagging. Mailbagging. I just dropped it in there. <laughs> that may be my favorite feature of, of, uh, of MailRoute. Not the actual feature, but just the name of it. Mailbagging. But I do love the easy uh, uh, mail list where I get to see what the latest spam is all about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I read those subjects just because they're fun to see. They what are fun are to see because they go in waves and there's a whole like zeitgeist of spammers. It's fascinating. I can also, this is a somewhat less favorite feature, but still very important, customize all my users and domains as a whole. I can set. Uh, domain wine settings, user settings, um, get it every everything everywhere the way I want it, and make sure that my preferences are available to me wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Find out more about MailRoute today by going to mailroute.net/slash/upgrade Upgrade. and sign up today to get a thirty day free trial, and you'll also get ten percent the lifetime of your off the lifetime of your account. It's a deal for life. That's they'll, a great discount. And they'll pri- price match your competitor's uh, contract. If uh, somebody's trying to undercut MailRoute, they will match them. Thank you, MailRoute. No one undercuts MailRoute. Nobody. Gets away with it. Thank you to MailRoute for supporting this show. Mailbagging. Mailbagging, Jason Snell. My gosh. I, I was on tenterhooks. Right? I was really nervous for a couple of reasons. So, so usually these things go two hours. We're about an hour and 40 minutes in. The iPad has not been mentioned. So I had some hope in that there were iPads sitting on the table where they did the AR demo. Yes, I noticed that too. That gave me hope. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what I was worried about. Obviously, I was worried about the software. I was also worried about Apple only doing a 10.5 inch. I really didn't want that to happen. Now, my plan here, by the way, um, is to... I'm going to get the 10.5... I'm not going to upgrade my 12.9. I want to see if the 10.5 is right for me. Because my assumption, again, I don't know, we don't know this yet. We don't. Is if you can run two apps side by side in full on the 10.5 like you can on the 12.9, if the resolution is the same. If it is, I wonder if that best of both worlds approach will mean I don't want the 12.9 anymore. It's possible. But I want the 12.9 to exist for the line. Right. Well, and it does. But I was worried that they were my two worries. 
especially as they began the presentation as well. It seemed like, you know, they started with like the 9.7 inches, our most popular model. I was like, oh no. Like I, the 12 I was, the, going I was away. there too. I was there too. And they, and they also at one point said, oh, this is the thing that everybody's going to love. And, and, and I was like, and the, also the 12.9 is available for those who love it, which I also do. It so. looks like the 12.9 is, is maybe not getting 100% of the features the 9.7 is getting, but it is... Really? Le- it was difficult to tell they for talked, me, I think. I think in the presentation it was clear that everything was going everywhere, and in fact, the reason that I thought that okay. was because they announced as new some features that aren't new to one of them. Right, okay. Right, because they announced like USB 3 is mm-hmm. new. It's not new... The 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 uh, the the twelve point nine has USB three already. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I'm looking through it they, right now. They and, announced like, they both the refresh, get the chips, and all that. That sort promotion of stuff. thing with 120 megahertz refresh. I think the nine point seven iPad Pro did that. I think it did 120. Hmm. Maybe it only did 60. I don't think it did and 120. It's, but it did variable refresh. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we know that. It did variable yeah, refresh. Well, I don't so, think it was at 120. So the way I read this was that now they all do all I'm, of I'm it. looking through the product page right now, and it, and I think you're right. It yeah. looks like that. But it was just, it was weirdly placed in the keynote, like where they were showing one and not the other. But, you know, it's, the 10.5 looks great. Screen's 20% larger. It still only weighs a pound. Yeah, looks like it is the, that math. Full size on screen keyboard. That studio that neat math. That it's essentially the Dan Provost math. This is out. basically the 10.5 is the iPad Mini of the iPad Pro 12.9. It's a shrunken down yep. iPad Pro 12.9 screen. So and higher pixel density. Out what looks like a new smart keyboard for that one? Yeah, well, because the dimensions are different. So the smart keyboards yep. are different. It means that that keyboard is going to have bigger keys than the nine point seven, which they and said it allows it to be declared as full size in thirty languages. Yeah, which is huge, as we remember from from uh, months. It's lots over. of people being frustrated months. by the fact that that original smart keyboard was just U.S. only forever. A ten X is in this. Mm-hmm. I think for the A ten X Fusion chip, six cores. In an iPad. Yeah. So three, three, three high performance, yeah. three low power. Yeah. 40% faster graphic, graphics. Still 10 hour battery. This That's thing classic 10 hour battery. a monster machine. Yeah. No, like, it's serious. If only. iPhone 7 camera. Yeah, front and back, iPhone 7 camera. Mike, if only there were. If only iOS could be adapted to be more powerful. If only. To allow a device this powerful to behave. A little bit more like a traditional computer in terms of productivity features. The very first thing they showed, I started screaming. The dock. <laughs> when they put that dock on there, I just, I just screamed because I didn't think they were going to do anything to the home screen, and they kind of didn't. But, yeah. but this is something like you take an app, it goes into the dock, and it lives there. The dock can be brought up from anywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how you do that. I mean, the, before the dock was literally like, well, these are the apps that you see on any page of the home screen. But now the dock is much more than that. There are, they look like there are more apps packed in there. You can swipe up. It looks like a little bit like what Federico was imagining with the shelf, yeah. right? Like there is, there is so elements of it in there. That was, that was more for there. data, but this is, yeah. this is a place that you put your most important apps and there's a predictive area off on the right side. And you can looks get a lot recent like the, stuff yeah. from the files app. Looks a lot, and it's got a contextual pop-up, basically, for at least some of them. So it's very much reminiscent of the Mac's dock and not the traditional iOS dock. And the the multitasking is better than I ever could have imagined. 
that you just can just drag an app out and it just hovers there. Yeah. And then you can put it wherever you want. So so slide over seems to now be well, no, it's still he still called it slide over. Right. Slide over now doesn't Ah. mean you slide it over from the right. Slide over now means you can slide it over to the left or the right. It's a picture in picture. Did you notice that it's floating on top of the other app? It's beautiful. You actually can sort of see the the edge there. So it just kind of floats there when you're using it. And And then then you you can tap the edge and then it pops into place. If you want to have it be uh, split view and otherwise then, it'll just pop back down so the control center is gone because now control center is how you invoke multitasking one swipe up and it goes to this beautiful expose like view right so you swipe up one you swipe up a little bit to bring up the dock and all the, all way, the way up to bring up it's expose Everything. it's mission control you get it all the control center spaces stuff. basically the thing that i here. I I mean we spoke about this. I know I've mentioned this in the past. The ability to pair apps together. Yeah, I I wrote a whole article about yeah. that at one point that I wanted to be able to do that, and I kept thinking of the mechanisms for it. And it's funny we've talked about this so long now because it's been two years that we've hit on a lot of this, yeah. along with all the things we didn't hit on. Because I feel like oh, at some point we talked about spaces yeah. as a way to do this. We did, and here it is. It was when we were talking about windowing. Yeah. Right, so when we were having that big discussion about whether the iPad should get Windows, we were talking about the idea of there being spaces and paired applications as a way we prefer it. I'm just, I'm smitten. I really am. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, you know, it's going to be in the details, but it looks great. And drag and, and drop looks fantastic. Drag and drop looks. Oh, the multi selection exactly right. thing. Well, see, see, and that's oh. you talk about Federico's mock up of the dock, and and I remember seeing it at the time of the, the that shelf and thinking, what you really want to do is be able to drag something from an app to another app that's running that isn't currently visible. Yeah, and that's what they did. So now you can drag and Just then drag hold. it into a into one of those other apps and it'll come forward and then you drop it images text url attachments from files files my okay this application it's it's all i need i was sitting next to uh dave hamilton who's been writing about the mac for a very long time and he turned to me and he said it's not right for us to be this excited about this because it is just a file browser and yet it is also the final crumbling. But imagine you're in a totalitarian state where files are outlawed. Then a file browser like is the, the greatest. Prohibition it is, is over. It is over. This is the final crumbling. It started with the iCloud Drive app. This is the final crumbling where the, the people who bring you iOS are saying, you know what? Yeah, you probably have files. Maybe we should let you use those files. Yep. And And I will point out, too, another little crumble is... Mac style, it's got in that sidebar, which is very much like a finder window in the Mac. Don't call it the finder, it's files, but it's a little bit like the finder. finder. Um, One of the things it's got, it's iCloud Drive. iCloud Drive has been the fake file system in the iPad for a while now, right? It's like, oh, well, you you do have a file system. It's iCloud Drive and it syncs, but it's still, you know, it's still files and folders. Now, if you look at the locations, it's got it's got iCloud Drive, it's got Dropbox, Box, other things that use that third party. Just real thing. quick on that, yeah. I just finish your point, and we'll come back. And it's got a thing they didn't show it, uh, other than just in the sidebar called on my iPad. Oh, well, what's that? That's local storage. That is unsynced. It's got to be, right? Unsynced local storage on my iPad, like on my Mac. It's not in iCloud Drive. It's on my iPad. 
Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. Photos? I, I was thinking it could be, it could even be files. Or maybe it's even, it's like by app in the little app storage Here's areas, the thing, right? What I'm so excited about that they did. What that or I what they could have done was just say, and document providers will be able to integrate with this. But no, what did they do? They went to the companies, and they've done it in advance. Yeah, and then they put their logos on the slide and name check them. Yep. This is the commitment from them. So what what we got today was what Mac users got a couple of months ago. This was a reaffirmed commitment. Doing stuff like that and, and name-checking these companies, that is because they know that this has to work, and it only works with the buy-in. So getting that in advance is huge. It's huge. Like, the, look, I don't care that Finder is on the Mac. I don't care, right? You can make your jokes, right? Go for it. But for iPad users, this is amazing, right? Because what they've done is look at all of this stuff. They have reimagined macOS for iOS. That, and that's the key point. I, I saw somebody sort of cynically tweet about how, oh, great, um, Finder on the iPad. That's not what, that's not what you want. You, want a, a, you don't want to bring the Mac to the iPad. It's like they didn't bring the Mac to the iPad. They took they created, the ideas. They, took, they took, created an iOS file browser. We'll they, see how good it is, right? They, I mean, we got to use it. But expose it, yeah. and Finder. They took the i. what those things are supposed to provide, and then they made the iPad versions of them. Because like the dock, when you, you don't, when you can click an app and it'll open it. But if you drag something on on the Mac, it just gets rid of it from the dock. It doesn't open it in a in a pop up window, mm. right? Like this is different, and and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Now, I did a lot of stuff with a pencil, which looks really good. I think that I might begin to lose my ability to navigate my interface with the pencil because it looks like that they're doing more here. But I said this. I was watching the keynote with Gray this morning, and. We were both proponents of the ability to use the Apple Pencil for UI. And when it was taken away in like a iOS 10 or 9 something, we were really upset about that. But my problem with it at the time was it seemed like it was just taken away to give nothing. Because I took it away and there was no new features in the beta. But here, it's like, if, you're gonna, if I can't do that anymore, okay. I now have all these amazing features that I can do with this like system-wide markup, inline drawing and notes of mail. Like... If you're going to take away a feature, give me something else in return. And this is it. With the most awesome one of these being, if you take a screenshot, it like minimizes down to the bottom left. So you can tap it, mark it up, and send it off. We do have a, uh, a Twitter verification that in the developer release one of iOS 11, uh, Pencil still does work for you. Yes. So. I'm so excited. So you don't Jason, need to make that Faustian bargain. They gave me bargain. everything. They give me everything I yeah. want. I am just... I wanted to mention a couple of features that people were really happy about that I, I think are nice features, but I want to point out that they're also features that have been around a long time, just not from Apple. And one of those is the document scanner, which you've been able to yeah. do in things like Scanner Pro for like a people long time. Out, but like, who doesn't have one of those apps that yeah, needs it? Exactly. Well, the, the answer is there are people who don't know they exist, and now it'll just work in photos, and that's great. You ooh, know, ooh. Or, or in Hand camera writing app, search. Great. The OCR of handwriting. And that was the other thing I was going to say, which is that's also a feature that's, of that's been out but there in a million notes, things. Though. But now it's in notes. And that's good. It's good. Let's just get, we'll give them Apple credit for implementing those things that have been elsewhere mm-hmm. that they should have implemented because they have implemented them now. Good for them. 
they give me everything I want. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm I'm genuinely thrilled about this. I am counting down the days now. I sat there um, positively giddy. Um, I was screaming, typing and into laughing. my typing onto my iPad because, of course, I use my iPad. Today. I can't wait to see Federico. I haven't seen him. I saw a picture of him. He was looking pretty happy. I saw a picture of him almost praying. Uh, but I I think I'm just gonna hug him. Because I know this is everything that we want, and I'm so excited about it. I can't wait. Now. I don't know if we call this the main event. Um, I think we were expecting it to be. The series speaker called HomePod. HomePod. I don't like the way that sounds. HomePod. I think it's a good name. I don't like the way it sounds. I, I think get you'll, get, you, you'll get used to it, but I think it's a good name. I was thinking just the other day about how... Um, I like the iPod name has been brought back with things like AirPods. like AirPods and earpods, and so I think it's good. I think it's a good name. I need it used to it um, because sure. it's it's so far away from any of the names I would have expected them to call this product. I kicked myself when I when I heard it. I was like, of course it's HomePod. Of course it is. And it, for a while, it seemed like this was literally just an Apple Music speaker. It took them a long time to talk about Siri in well, this thing. Well, so we talked about Siri before. It's it's worth talking about it again. This is where Apple chose not to focus this product. This yep. product is an Apple Music product, not a Siri product. And I think that's maybe a good choice. Um, well, it's but- a good choice if they didn't have all the Siri capabilities that we were hoping they would I, have, right? I, yeah, I think they have their, it's a good con- choice then. their confidence in um, in Siri versus their confidence in Apple Music, right? It is still, you know, driven by Siri, but it's a music product first and foremost with those speakers and access to Apple Music and presumably, you know, multi-speaker sync because they showed that in that one example of you could have two of them. But um, yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's the Apple's first venture into uh, the home speaker market since the iPod Hi-Fi. It's cheaper than the iPod Hi-Fi was. That's good. Three forty nine. You called that? I called it. I did. I got something right. Dan Moran was really excited when the price was announced because because you got it. Yeah. I'm I'm happy. To, UK, US, Australia is when it comes out December. It really is an Apple Music-focused device, and they spoke so much about the filling the room sound and analyzing the room and all that sort of stuff. It looks kind of nice. I'm not sold on the design. I, yeah, I, I think I was hoping a little for a little bit more. I don't know what, but I think I was hoping for a little bit more. I really thought it was going to have a screen on it. I'm very surprised that yeah. it doesn't. I I fully support that because I've been you know I've been happy with my Echo. Me too. But I, not I thought, having a screen, and and I my fear was that if Apple put a screen in it, they did it because they weren't confident enough in their sure. voice controls and they were going to punt things to the screen like they do sometimes on the iPhone. And this way, they don't have that excuse. One of the things we were talking about last week, and you, we were talking about it when we, we were saying about what Siri can do on the Mac, right? Is that Siri is this weird thing which is just subsets of functionality by device. And it's happening again. They said, we're bringing some aspects of Siri over. Yeah. We're working hard at that. Yeah. And they spoke about fans. ones that are relevant, right? HomeKit, it will do all the HomeKit stuff. It will play your podcasts. Yeah. But it's not everything. And I assume it'll play, play podcasts sort of ideally synced with the same it will, syncing engine that they use on the podcast I mean, app on iOS. Yeah, and, and it's going to use the podcast on app on yeah. iOS. So I'm not going to get what I want, which would be to play with Overcast because it doesn't look like that that is a part of SiriKit still. Right. 
Except you may be able to like airplay too to it. Sure, but it's not what I you know that's yeah. not what I want to do. I mean, I, I can connect my phone to Bluetooth with my Echo and play yep. it fine. I'm not really not sold on this. I I'm actually a little bit down on it compared to what I was hoping it would be. Um, it looks nice. It looks like it would do some good stuff. Like this, the hardware looks great. But you know what though? I don't really play a lot of music at home. Like no. just out in the house. We don't we're not really a family that very frequently plays music. We do. We, we do. do it when we have company, but like when me and Adina are home, there isn't there's, unless we're like doing a thing. Like if we're just like hanging out, there's not really music playing. Um so I don't know if this like purely focused on music product is the right one for us. I want to see more about what Siri can do with it. That's what I want to say. Yeah, the way it's engineered and the way it's priced, I feel like if you don't want to use it as a nice set of uh, as a nice nice speaker for music playback, it may not be the product for you. This is what this product is for primarily. Yep. It's music. Yep. That's that's what they're going on. And it does home kit. I think that was logical. That was something that I that think we all expected. Crazy. Because it's the perfect thing, in fact, to have that, to yep. have a permanent resident HomeKit server basically running that Apple TV will also do that. And an iPad can do it, but to have it in this device in the HomePod makes sense. And Home's in the name, right? So you, 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 it's got to do HomeKit, and so it does. I don't know. I'm looking forward to hearing hearing to how it sounds, yeah, and all of that. I'm an Apple Music subscriber, and one of my frustrations with with um, the Echo is that it doesn't have access to my Apple Music library. My Sonos does. Um, and when so- they put Sonos and the Echo on the screen. Well, I, like shots fired. I like the directness of that because that was not why be coy. That's exactly what they're talking about. They're talking about sound quality. They mean Sonos, and they're talking about lady in a can. They mean Alexa. So let's put the Echo and the Sonos up yep. there. Let's you know game on. Um, they announced that there would be Sonos integration with the Echo at, at some point, probably this year, and I'm looking forward to seeing that too because I have Sonos equipment and I have the Echo. So. You know, if I can tell the lady to play music on the Sonos, I might not need a HomePod. This is we'll like the, the audio equipment, like these array of seven beam forming tweeters and an Apple designed yeah. woofer. Like, if you like, if music is really your thing, like, this is a product for you. I mean, I want to see more. Like I said, I think what I what I wanted, Jason, was Apple's version of the Amazon Echo, and I I think that right now they haven't necessarily shown me that. Right? They've shown me like it is a speaker that can also do some it, stuff. It. Well, I don't know. I would say it is Apple's version of the Amazon Echo, but what they've decided to do is pick a primary purpose for it. Okay. And that's music. Yeah, I feel like they haven't and the shown Amazon me the other Echo. Stuff I would actually argue the Amazon Echo when it came out was a little bit like what the criticism we had about the Apple Watch when it was announced, which is, what's it for? Oh, uh, it's for everything. It's for everything. It's got speakers, and you can talk to it, and it'll do stuff. And and so I kind of appreciate Apple's, I'm going to say it again, Apple's kind of a perspective here. It's opinionated design. It's like Apple didn't make a it-can-be-everything home product. It made a connected speaker with other stuff. And some of that is marketing, and but some of that is product design. Yeah. yeah okay. And we'll see. I mean, we'll it's see. it's those decisions will steer it towards some users and away from others. And I I wonder where this product line goes from here. Easy to say, it's not going to ship till the end of the year. But 
is this it? Or is this the beginning of some other connected home devices from Apple that they nestle in other parts of our lives? Because that's the that's where Amazon is now, with its history with the Echo, is now starting to iterate on the, all these different variations of the Echo in different little yep. niches inside the home. Maybe Apple will do that. Maybe maybe this is the only one what that I'm Apple cares about. What I'm expecting and hoping is that in six months' time, when they do like what they did with the Apple Watch, right? They show it off six months' time, they show it again, and they show how much further they've gotten. I'm hoping to see a more full demo. There wasn't really a demo of this at all no. in any way. No, and they were in the hands-on area as uh, sort of like you could look at them. They are, Don't, em- they are empty. They were not listing and do not touch, no. <laughs> so I'm they excited to see that. little uh, Kleenex boxes. Last week, we touched upon WWDC being the start of the year for Apple, right? This is the start of the year. Yep, the, the firing, the, uh, the, the, the opening gun has been fired. The clock is running. The theme of the last year, iOS 10 to iOS 11, it's been it's been a it's been a bad year. It's been full of pessimism. I feel like the theme of the year has been we're all disappointed in Apple, right? To, to varying degrees across different product lines. I'm hoping for optimism now. I feel like they've got their house in order a little bit more. They are showing Mac users products. Right, because yeah. I don't know if Mac users really, really are like aching for macOS stuff so much, right? Like, like how we are with iOS, right? Like, I don't think they're looking for that feature that they really need to get their work done. No, they're just looking for the hardware to be updated. And the hardware has now been updated. It was updated in October. That same hardware has been updated again. Yep. And more hardware and hardware you didn't even expect, and previews of more. And you know, there's still more coming. Mm-hmm. The iPad. This is this is like they said it, and I believe this is the biggest iPad update Apple have ever done. Yeah, no, this is the moment is where the iPad huge. Pro becomes a computer. The really, iPad like now has significantly computer. diverged from the iPhone. Absolutely, and it never has really. I mean, like split screen was the start of that, but this is like the home screen's not the same anymore, right? Like this is big. Like I am, I am feeling right now really excited in a way that i didn't feel last year like last year was a was a bit of a bummer as an an ipad user last year was a huge letdown but then like even on the iphone it was like stick as a message like messaging was the messages was the big thing and it was great if you you know i was excited about stickers i still love them yeah but that wasn't a huge thing you excited about stickers i still use them i like i really like them I, i i do a lot of people still don't, but I do all the time. <laughs> but this is, I'm telling you, man, I'm 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 really excited for the next six months. So, right. So the next step is people are gonna install these betas and we're gonna get a better sense of it of how they work and I guess within the next week people are gonna have the iPads, right? Because they're coming out next week. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll start to see reviews in the coming days. I hope so. I'm really I I'm really excited, Jason. This is great. I'm I'm pumped because I I will say like I feel like you know the way that it's been it's been it's been frustrating. We spoke about this on the show. It's frustrating to talk about Apple points this year. Yeah, sure. But this is like yeah, okay. And for and for iPad people who did not get the vote of confidence where people were called into a room at Apple somewhere to be told that there's a pro strategy coming. We just got it. We just got it after not really feeling like we had heard anything since last spring when the 9.7 iPad Pro came out. 
and the promise of the iPad Pro line, which has been sort of laying there since late the previous year mm-hmm. when iOS 9 had come out, and it looked like, oh, we're going places. And we didn't really go anywhere. But today, we got the suggestion that we are now headed somewhere with iOS 11 and the iPad Pro. And it really, I'm I feel like there is the possibility for the iPad to go further than it's ever been. And I was talking to David Sparks this morning, and he said the best thing to happen to the iPad was sales declining. Because it is the sales declining which has forced them to do something. To not just take it for granted that yeah. if they make a tablet with an sell. iPhone interface on the it. The sales declining sell. has forced them to put this amazing well, software effort in. I would argue that this is an existential problem for Apple in the sense of outside of the iPhone, what is their compute core computing future? Like, there are two scenarios. There's one scenario where Apple in the long run is just an iPhone company. And there's the scenario where Apple in the long run is an iPhone company and a larger scale kind of device yep. company yep. as they are now. And for them to do that, they need to have a next generation device strategy for that. Microsoft's strategy is, oh God, we have no phones. We better make this good. Everybody's using Windows. Let's just turn Windows into uh, something that can be convertible and be on a touchscreen and we'll do a different interface overlay and all of these things. Apple's approach up to now has been, well, we've got the Mac over here, which we're not going to change much. Not going to make it a touchscreen. That's silly. And we've got the iPad over here, which is all great. But in the end, one of those tools needs to evolve. And today we saw the iPad evolve. I'm excited about that because I think that says something about Apple investing a little bit more in the fact that it's going to have professional products in its touch operating system. And that means it's building for the future there. And that's, that's good because I was starting to wonder. I'm going to buy my 10.5 inch iPad. Do you know, I'll tell you something. I was just looking at the store. I mean, I'm very surprised about. Do you know what's not available anymore? Hmm. The 9.7 inch iPad Pro. You yeah, can't it's buy gone. It. No, the the 10.5 is the replacement for the 9.7, which means now the 9.7 is the iPad. Yeah, and then the 10.5 and the 12.9 are iPad Pro, and that's a much clearer yep um, division now. 512 gigabytes it goes up to. That's a lot of space for an iPad, huh? So that wraps it up. This has been a great day. I'm really excited. Obviously, we're going to know so much more So within the next 24 hours, so I recommend tuning in to Connected tomorrow. It's going to be the first... Do you know what, Jace? It's the first time we're ever recording the show as a three-person, pe- just the show, because last year, we did the whole RelayCon event. Oh, right. Right, where we had everyone coming on stage. It's the first time the three of us are actually recording the show together in like the whole time that we've been doing working together over his last like four years. That's awesome. So we're going to be doing that. I cannot. Basically, I assume Stephen just gets up and leaves at yeah. some point because me and Federico are Max. just crying. Stephen will yeah. talk about Max for a while, Logic and then he'll go get himself. Let him talk. We'll be yeah. so excited. Then so he'll look, get himself a beverage. We've got a ton more content coming across the whole network this week. There are live shows on under the radar. There's so much stuff. So go to relay.fm. You'll find more there. Uh, thanks again to Encapsula Squarespace and MailRoute. Of course, Jason has a ton more coverage coming up this week at sixcolors.com. And you can find him. He's at Jsnow on Twitter, J-S-N-E-L-L. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. If you are in town, please come up and say hi. We would love that. And uh, until then, we'll be back next time. Until next time, Mr. Jason Snell, say goodbye. Goodbye, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>